The NBA playoffs mean next-level basketball. Get ready for all the action by betting the play-in tournament with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You clinch a win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on NBA hoops with same game parlays, combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, for each day of the play-in, get a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same game parlay doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DRAFTKINGSBBN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the play-in tournament and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code DraftKingsBBN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. everyone and welcome to a playoff preview edition of Dishes and Dimes brought to you by Basketball News. My name is Iman and let me tell you what we have in store for you this week. We will be talking to experts covering each playoff team to give you the ultimate playoff preview. If you're interested in learning more about Jazz versus Mavs, we've got that for you. Sixers versus Raptors, of course we got you covered. We're doing it for all eight playoff teams in both conferences. Don't forget to check us out, like, rate, and subscribe. Thanks. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode. Our playoff edition continues of Dishes and Dimes, brought to you by Basketball News. My name is Iman, and I am joined by Dakota Schmidt. Dakota, how are you? Yeah. My, it's always a pleasure to uh, talk to you. So uh, right now, in this moment, I am feeling wonderful. Perfect. And you are the founder <laughs> of The Call-Up. Can I get you to tell everybody what that is? Can I get you to it plug is, it up? Yes, yes. It is a newsletter dedicated to the NBG League and the basketball world as a whole. Uh, right now, I'm working on a game one recap of the uh of the dealing finals matchup between the rtb white rio grande valley vipers and the delaware bluecoats the rio grande valley vipers won uh last night tuesday night in game one and they are one win away from being champion and that would mark the first champion chip in the nba or g league won by a muslim head coach as the vipers are coached by mahmoud Mahmoud Abdel Fattah. Nice. All right. And happening in Ramadan as well. So today we're going to be talking about the Milwaukee Bucks as the three seed going up against the Chicago Bulls, which will be the six seed. This is going to be one of those series. So just in in doing my preparation for for the playoffs, especially in the East, because the East kind of feels a bit like a dogfight a little bit, you know, there are a lot of heavy hitters throughout and the Milwaukee Bucks are certainly one of them but unfortunately it's not the case with the Chicago Bulls at least not towards the latter half of the season there they've kind of 
left with a whimper, I would say. And and just listening to to the way that a lot of Milwaukee Bucks fans and, and writers feel, it seems as though they're thinking, all right, the Raptors and the Cel- uh, Sixers can beat each other up. The Nets and the Celtics can beat each other up and we maybe have a nice buy in the first round. Is that how you're seeing things? I feel like the Bulls can give a little bit more fight than most think, you know, for the good, like the first half of the season, like the Martin Rosa was a legit MVP candidate before the, you know, Bulls tailed off and, you know, went from being a, you know, one seed to being the sixth seed. And also I have a, flashbacks and nightmares <laughs> of Nikola Vucevic absolutely going off against the Bucks a few years ago in the bubble. So um, just based on that and, you know, as we're going to talk about based on the, even without Lonzo Ball, the Bulls still have, you know, good defenders that they can put on Chris and they can, uh, you know, put on, you know, Duhale or, or even, uh, even Giannis and trying to time slow him down a little bit. I don't think anybody at this point in, you know, Giannis's career can really, you know, stop him. But uh, I think Patrick Williams is a, you know, good, good player that, that can at least, you know, slow down, you know, somebody who I think is the best player in the world. Yeah, getting Patrick Williams back is definitely huge for them. Now, unfortunately, the Bulls, and we'll talk about them when we do the Bulls preview. They don't have Lonzo Ball back yet. And you did kind of mention it. DeMar DeRozan was very hot to, to start the season. And he did, If I'm, if, unless he's beaten it since, his career high definitely did come against the Milwaukee Bucks, if I'm not mistaken, on uh, January 1st, 2018, with that 52 points. But we'll get into that when we talk about the Bulls version of, of this playoffs run. I want to focus in on the Milwaukee Bucks because the Bucks are interesting. I don't know that people would. I think that the Bucks got over a lot of the uh, the question marks last season by actually going out and winning the championship. And I think that's allowed them to fly a little bit under the radar this season because they're a middling defense. They are the 14th ranked defense. But still, everyone is kind of picking them to come out of the East. What do you think that that is is about? Can you can you give me some insight there? Well, the 14th ranked defense, a lot of that came without uh, Brook Lopez <laughs> on the court. Yes, <laughs> he is like the six eleven, seven foot puzzle piece that puts everything together. And then that's exactly it. And just to put that into perspective, the Bucks are ten and three with Brooke Lopez. So even looking at their last 15 games, they're post all-star. They've got the 20th ranked defense, which doesn't make any sense to me that they would be the 20th ranked defense. Does it feel to you that they're in a bit of cruise control? Cause certainly the difference between Brooke Lopez, you know, playing the drop with Brooke Lopez versus Bobby Portis is going to be a major difference there. But do you think that they're kind of in cruise control? Cause they don't feel like they, the pressure is totally on them in the same way that it was last season. Well, I th- I think that the effort that the you know Bucks give um on you know you know an average game where they're playing against like the eleventh or twelfth seed or whatever is different than you know when they play Brooklyn, when they play Phoenix, when they play Philly, and you know they compete to the end. And you know you know in those games towards the end of the season, they you know came on on top and they really showed you know why you know a lot of people think that the Bucks are, you know, despite, you know, their seed are still, you know, the strongest overall team or, you know, the team with the, you know, least amount of question marks because, you know, they're the one team in the East that have, you know, 
gone all the way. So I definitely think that the effort that the Bucks have um, have given towards over the course of the season has been like a like a bit of a roller coaster. But in those big games, uh, you know, the Bucks have you know been able to uh, show up, especially when uh, with uh, Lopez back in the lineup. Definitely, definitely. Uh, but I do have to ask you. So before we get into actually previewing this series, a lot of people look at the Bucks resting all of their guys on Game 82 as them maybe ducking the Nets and trying to get on the easier, you know, the easiest playoff opponent for one of those top four teams. Do you think that there was a little bit of gamesmanship there? Um, I I like to call it. Uh, strategic roster management. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um, in the last game, of, last game of the season, when uh, there's uh, you know the playoff seat is still in the line, and you know um, Sandro Mamakelasvili is the premier scoring the game, and you know Giannis and Chris and Drew are not in the game. Um, I think it might be appropriate to to phrase it in the way that you did, or uh, me uh, making up the phrase uh, "strategic roster uh, management" to you know go to you know the third seed and you know have a chance to play against a Bulls team that is coming into playoffs uh, on a you know on a big big time uh, cold stretch. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. (laughs) Player management. Um, So, so let's, let's, let's look at the playoffs here. What do you think the Bucks have to do to, to win this series? And what are you looking for? They just have to play the way that they have been playing since Brooke came back. Like if the Bucks are the Bucks, like like I said, that we saw in a game against Phoenix and a game against Philly and a game against Brooklyn, where they all won, then I think that the Bucks need to take care of business. Um, my my prediction is that this is I'm just gonna say Bucks and six in the series because I still have fears that the Mar you know can take over. And I guess like I said before, my uh, my nightmares, uh, you know, Nikola Vucevic. And I know Vucevic has, you know, had his worst season in recent memory, but I still have fears that he can, you know, had that game where he could put up 30 and just, you know, light it up from beyond the arc. And if that happens, uh, the Bulls can take a game. I still think that the Marty Rosen is, you know, asking off as a weapon is strong enough where he can uh, take a game on, on its own. But uh to to answer your question, not to be so uh, long winded, um, nice. <laughs> um, the all the Bucks uh, need to do is just play the way that they have been playing over the last few weeks, or you know have the have the core, uh, you know that we saw last year when they won the title, just you know play at the same level that they did last year, which you know in a lot of cases is uh, easier said than done. Now you gave you you gave us your prediction. You're saying you're saying Bulls and uh, sorry Bucks and six, which is my my favorite. You know, pulling out the Brandon Jennings right there. Yes. Um, but uh, I have to ask you because you're being more favorable than most people, uh, given the Bulls two games here. But I gotta ask you: Is there any chance you think that the Bulls can actually pull off the upset? And if you do. What would the Bulls need to do in order to get that to happen there? Um, 
convince Giannis and the Kupo not to play basketball anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's I think that that's the one thing that the Bulls need to do. And if Giannis is on court and he's healthy, um, like I said before, I don't think that there's anybody that could truly stop him um, or really, you know, slow him down. Like Giannis has just like since that series against Phoenix in in important games, like I mentioned, like I I think that he is you know the best player in the world, and you know with a you know strong you know. Uh, supporting cast and you know Brooke Andrew who I who is one of the premier perimeter defenders and Chris uh Middleton one of your favorite players in the NBA uh one of the uh somebody that could just tear the how uh heart out of a an opposing defense with the with the tough shots uh <laughs> that he's able to make I uh I definitely think that the uh Bucks are gonna be able to Take this series, even though um, I think the Bulls are gonna put up a put up a fight. All right, and and who is the X factor for the Milwaukee Bucks in this series, and maybe even looking ahead to the playoffs to to the rest of the playoffs? Brooke Lopez, um, Brooke, like I said before, he is the seven foot puzzle piece that puts the Bucks both offensively and you know defensively um, together with you know how he's able to. Uh, space the floor, you know, even if uh, they want to, you know, slow things down and have him go in, uh, have him go inside post up. Also, you know, him being one of the, you know, premier defensive bigs um, in the NBA, which is surpri- shocking to say considering, you know, what he was in Brooklyn and, you know, um, you know, how, you know, how old he is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying he's Egypt, but he's, he's been around the he's NBA old. for a while. He's an older guy. It's fair. It's yes, fair. But he's, but he's still, he's still great at what he does. So, uh, yeah, I still think that Brooke Lopez is the X factor. Another X factor is Bobby Portis and how he's able to lead the, you know, the Bucks second unit, which is not one of the best, um, in the NBA, um, whether he's working as the uh, whether he's working alongside Brooke or you know, uh, you know, being one of the offensive leaders of the team second unit um, over the course of the playoffs, uh, Bobby Portis is going to be you know an important part, uh, important piece of the Bucks' uh, success. All right, I like that. Um, and we got your prediction. Bucks in six, Dakota, <laughs> which I yes. love that it finally happened. Ever since Brandon Jennings said it, it was not a thing that had happened up until the championship. And maybe they start off the playoffs this year with a Bucks in six as well. I think I think I'm more optimistic from the Bucks perspective than you are. But um, I would love to see DeMar DeRozan and that Chicago Bulls team pull off two wins against this Bucks team. Uh, thank you so much for joining me, Dakota. It's always a pleasure to talk. We're continuing our playoff preview right now. We are talking about the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference, and that is the Chicago Bulls and their playoff matchup with the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm excited for this one because I like DeMar versus versus Milwaukee. I talked about it a little bit with Dakota when we discussed the Milwaukee Bucks. DeMar had his career high 52 points against them back in 2018. He's already played them in a playoff series, 
I know the Bulls have already played the Bucks in a playoff series as well that went, uh, you know, not great for one team, but uh, that's all in the past. So let's talk about it this time. Let, let's, let's preview. Let's preview this team. So I want to ask you first to start off. There's been so much, so much of mess around, uh, you know, the, the Bulls season. They started off so great. And then, of course, with the injuries, they've kind of petered off towards the end. What do you think that that's about? Is it just the injuries or is there something else there as well? Well, honestly, just to blame injuries as the reason why the Bulls went from, you know, top three to honestly bottom of the East, at least as far as the playoff competition. Um, you can say injuries, but you can also say the fact that they're not really as good as the other teams. They're not the Warriors, they're not the Bucks, they're not the Suns, they're not the Nets, they're not the Sixers, all these other teams. Um, and honestly, in my heart to heart, they were playing with house money the entire season. Um, even when they were top three in the East, they were still injured and hobbled. You know, they didn't have question marks pretty much everywhere. So you still didn't really know the full um, ceiling of this team. And unfortunately, we're still not going to know. Um, but it should be a play uh, series coming up. It it should it should be fun. it should be fun to kind of I, I wish that Lonzo was healthy. I, I want to see what this actual full Bulls team can look like in a playoff series with. And Zach Levine is not fully healthy either, right? So with those guys just all uh, Demar and Zach scoring and the defense that you can get from Caruso and um, and and Lonzo there. And I have to ask, what's up with Vooch? How do y'all feel about him? What's what's the read on on Vooch there? Well. Um... Bulls fans love Vooch one game. They hate him the next. Um, for some reason, I don't know why Bulls fans just assume that we have a we have a good center now. You know, we haven't had a good center since Joaquin Noah. They just assume that he can just put up with the best of them. He's not Embiid. You know, he's not Jokic. I know he could, he could, he could be a walk-in 2010 guy when he wants to be, but he's not that guy. And it's okay to say that. But then again, I feel like a lot of this just goes back towards the fact that Bulls fans haven't really been in the spotlight for a while. You know, they don't really know what, you know, actually competing looks like. So when we lose games that you lose that they've lost this season, it's like, wait, we're not supposed to lose these games. So you got to realize this is their first season together. Like the starting five units only played 155 minutes this season. Yeah. 155. Like that's, I think that's four or five games. So you have to understand that that's really the aspect of what you're looking at. No, that's very fair because considering they made that midseason trade last season and then you obviously get DeMar DeRozan in the offseason and, and mm-hmm. Lonzo and Caruso and so many guys, it sucks that they've had the injury luck that they've had. But also, I kind of agree with you. It's a little bit like house money because I don't think anyone truly saw this season or this just start for the Bulls in the way that they had there. And DeMar was hitting every single game winner. It just felt like such a fun vibe team. Um, so it's unfortunate that the, the vibes are not as great towards the end of the season, but there's still a lot of optimism to look at moving forward. I know both Vooch and DeMar DeRozan are older, um, yeah. but but still, I, I think that there's still a window there. Um, I have to ask you, what do you think about Raptor fans and DeMar DeRozan before we even move into the series? It's something that I can't ignore. Uh, yeah. what's, what's the take? What's the vibe? What, what's happening here with this DeMar DeRozan versus Raptor fans beef? So I'm guilty of myself of, grouping one batch of a fan base and basically labeling as the entire fan base, like Hawks fans, like, Oh, Hawks fans are toxic and you know, they're loud and they're like this, but you know, not all Hawks fans are like, I know a couple like Jordan, Tim, cool guys, shout out to them. Uh, But I feel like Bulls fans, like, again, they haven't been talked about in a while. So 
you know, you're constantly, you know, going toe to toe with a team that, you know, knows a guy he's in and out pretty much his entire career. And, you know, I feel like there's a certain delegation of Raptors fans that hate DeMar. And I, I don't feel like that's, you know, I don't feel like that's a hot topic. I, I feel like that's something that we know. Okay. I mean, that's really fascinating. So I I would say uh, I'm someone who has been probably a a bigger DeMar DeRozan critic than most people have. Um, But at the same time, I recognize what he means to the city and this franchise and this team. There were Raptor fans talking about throwing a parade for the, for him. There there was real conversation. And I mean, like we're talking, that was a conversation for days with thousands Mm -hmm. and thousands of likes. People wanted to give him a championship ring when the Raptors won one here. I genuinely don't, and I, you don't have to take my word for this, but no. there, there, I think there are some people who are newer to the team that didn't watch the team with DeMar DeRozan. Cause I think we forget that this Raptors, the DeMar hasn't been a Raptor since 2017, 2018, which is a long time ago. So there are a lot of, and they've won a championship since then. And they've had some of their best seasons, even post championship since then. So this team has a whole new fan base that didn't exist when DeMar DeRozan was here. And I do think that that might be part of it where there's some people who weren't around for the DeMar years, but in terms of who the city loves, Kyle doesn't get it like DeMar. Vince doesn't get it like DeMar. DeMar is in a league of his own. And, yeah. and that will always be the case. And that's from someone who uh, Kyle is my favorite. Kyle is my goat. Um, but the, the way that this city loves DeMar, and I do think that there's a newer fan base. And I think that the newer fan base is rabid and fairly loud. But uh, sure. <laughs> Let's get into okay. like, the real playoff thing. So, yeah, sure. maybe, hate is a, maybe hate is a strong word. Maybe mm-hmm. there's a select few that uses playoff failures against one team mm-hmm. to kind of spill the notion that that's going to happen again. Okay, and, that's fair. You know, I think maybe that's more so, not necessarily hate. That's but then again, like I said before, like that's not that many people. But then again, you know, when you haven't really been in the spotlight for however many years, you know, you're going to take any chance you can, you know, to go at, you know, whoever is on top. No, and, and that's that's fair. I get that. Um, there's also uh, someone who's been critical of DeMar DeRozan. If, if someone had asked me, even when the Bulls were running, what I thought about their playoff chances, I wouldn't have been as high because I see what the limitations can be when that is your main guy. I don't think it's hate. I think I'm like it's it's, it's fair criticism that's being levied at a guy that the city still loves and wants to give a championship ring to. Um, but let's get into how the Bulls can actually win this series. Is there a route? Is there a way that they can pull off the upset of all upsets? Because let me tell you, Bucks fans are talking smack right now. Is there a way that Bulls fans can pull off the upset and actually win this series? So, I hate to say it, my cousins of the North, even though I live in Dallas now, I'm from Chicago, but um, Bucks fans have the right to talk their crap. I mean, <laughs> you know, they're defending world champions. They beat the Suns. Um Honestly, the way it's looking like this year, they may have an easier path back to the finals. Uh, they have a reason to talk their stuff, but I need them to understand that, again, this is the Bulls. I mean, I feel like the upper echelon team this entire season have spent, oh, well, you know, we beat the Bulls. That's great. It's a great W, but they're a bad team. They're pretenders. So it's like, which one is it? You got to keep a little bit steady. Um, but as far as a way for the Bulls to win this series, um, if Giannis decides he wants to go play baseball, like MJ, that's pretty much the only thing. <laughs> can have a I, can of I tell you that I asked? Uh, I was asking Dakota, who who covers uh, the Bucks, and I said, "So, so yeah. how do the Bulls win this series?" He's like, "If they can convince Giannis not to play basketball." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so literally. Being, literally. 
<laughs> I love it. Um, and, and you know what? That, that's very fair. So, so let's 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 ask this question there. Mm-hmm. How are the Bull Bucks going to beat the Bulls? What are they going to do that's going to give them this edge? What do you see from the Bucks besides Giannis being just you know one of the greatest players in basketball today? Maybe arguably the best player in basketball today. What advantages do you see the Bucks have? How are they going to exploit what the Bulls do? Well, for one, the Bucks are one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. And they're also one of the best three-point shooting teams on kickouts, which is one of Giannis's, like, one of the ways he eats his, it's literally his bread and butter. Um, and you've watched a few Bulls games this season. They don't know how to close out on shooters. And when the Bucks get shooting, they go on these runs early in the first half of the game. The second half is pretty much over. And the way the Bulls have been playing lately, they don't have enough firepower. They just mm-hmm. don't. Zach is hobbled. DeMar is having to pick up Zach's slack. Lonzo's not here. So a lot of those points the Bulls are getting on the fast break, they're just not getting anymore. So they're stuck in half-court sets that aren't going anywhere because teams are just locking them up. Mm. Uh, and that's pretty much what's going to happen this season. This is not this season, this series. We're going to see Drew Holiday and um, Chris Minson really cook them, and it's going to be bad. And I just need okay. Bulls fans to understand this is not the real team. You know, this is just them right now. This is the current face of the team. Uh, but just wait till the summer. We'll be fine. <laughs> I'm cool with that. I just don't want to see Chris Middleton cook anybody, especially not DeMar DeRozan. Um, so right. um, for years, they were telling us he was better than DeMar. And I just would not Still have understand it. that. I Still will don't. not have it. Um, <laughs> who, who is the X factor for the Chicago Bulls? Honestly, um, it might be Ayo Desumo. Without Lonzo starting, I'm not a fan of Kobe White starting at the point guard position. If you saw one of his last few games, um, we were playing, I can't remember which game it was, but he was four minutes into the game. And it was, was it? Yeah, it was, it was the Hornets. Four minutes in, it was so bad they pulled him. He had like six mm-hmm. points, but the defense is really that bad. I mean, then again, LaMelo was cooking them. LaMelo cooks everybody, but it was really just exposing just how bad Kobe is when Lonzo and Caruso aren't in the lineup at the same time. Like, if you really need two guys to play defense, maybe you shouldn't be on the team. Yeah. Like, that's that's really how it's been this entire season. When they're not healthy, he's just not – he's like Trey Young on defense. He's a turnstile. So, I think Io starting, honestly, I think he should start. I think he should start the series. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. And, and what's your prediction? Give us your prediction. Uh – the Bulls are lucky to get a game. If they if they if they do get a game, it'll be the first one, and then it'll be four zero from Milwaukee down from there, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's what that that's the Bucks did that was it against the the Magic in the bubble? Did they do that last year as well? They almost lost to the Heat. Almost, yeah. They almost lost to the Heat. So you know what? They yeah. do kind of give up those game ones. Uh, I'd like to see the the. The Bulls take one up on them. Be honest, I'm supposed to be impartial here, but I am going for the Bulls in this series, uh, despite knowing that there's no chance in hell that it's going to happen. I still am going to hold out hope. I'm going to hold it until I see it. There's Bulls fans out there, and, you know, that's going to take a couple of seconds. Just let them know it's okay. You know, you don't have to go bat toe-to-toe every single mention on Twitter. We know this team is bad. Um, Just know it's okay. It's okay. Because some people, need, some people need to know that it's okay. They don't know that it's okay. Very true. And can I get you to to plug all of your work? Where can people find you? Where can um, I know that you do spaces regularly? Can I get you to plug all of it? Uh, sure. You can find me on uh, Twitter Spaces, Who Spaces with Chris, a uh, great guy. I'm uh, talking pretty much all basketball. Uh, you can find me on my Twitter, Snacks for Tweets. 
Um, tweet pretty much anything. And uh, Madhouse on Madison is most pretty much just Bulls content. Uh, that's MH on Madison. All right. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us. No, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Have a good day. Yuzah. Thank you to both of our guests for joining us today to talk Bucks and Bulls. Be sure to follow them at Snack for Tweets for 808s and Snack Breaks and Dakota underscore Schmidt for Dakota as well. And thank you to everyone for tuning in to our playoff preview.